Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it's it's Dave DeVito. Um, I'm just coming here to say uh, that I love the Fallout app and I would like to tell you about the service that they use to make this podcast. It's called Anchor. The best thing about Anchor is it's free. You don't have to pay anything. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Now, you can even add songs from Spotify directly to the episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So you're going to be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can now make money for your podcast with very little, uh, minimum, little, little, little listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks, guys. Your attention, please. Your attention, please. This is your official civil defense broadcaster. One of the greatest threats would be radioactive fallout. Uranium fever. Where fallout is heaviest, it can even kill those who have not taken proper shelter. Broadcasting deep underground in a questionably constructed survivalist bunker is Dave Chaffins and Kenneth Vigue, and your host as always, Mr. Robots. This episode of the Fallout Hub is brought to you by the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Open enrollment for advanced robotics courses starts now. Totally nothing sketchy going on. Nope, not at all. Dave, your face looks amazing. Welcome, everybody, back to the Fallout Hub, where we are streaming live at twitch.tv slash the Fallout Hub on Tuesday. It is 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific right now. And I am back with my buddies, including a Dave Chaffins, who looks uh, startled. Dave, are you okay? This is Dave's having a stroke. The more, I'm, the more I do it, the more I hurt. <laughs> well, then don't do it. Just like, just like your parents told you when you were a child, if the, if you make the face and it hurts, then don't make that face, Dave. I feel like Nicholas Cage and Vampire's Kiss. Oh boy, oh boy. Also with me as usual is Ken. Ken, how's it going? <laughs> Ken's got a crazy face too. What is going on today? Okay, so the pre-show, we were all singing songs together randomly. Every every phrase was a song or it was a, oh, crap. We're messing up the stream. My audio doesn't work. And then we finally got everything working and now everyone's making crazy faces. I am your host, also, Robots or Tom. Either way works fine. This is the Fallout Hub. And you are tuning in for a very special episode because we have Bear Cycle Brian from the What's Omega up? Broadcast. What's up, Bear Cycle Brian? How's What's it going? Up? I'm going good. Going good. Just enjoying this awesome weather we have in Mississippi today. Yeah. Nice. Also, nice. also before uh, during the pre-show, Bear Cycle Brian was showing off his ganjo behind him. He was playing us some some tunes. We were all singing along. Uh, that's not true, but he did show off the the ganjo behind him. Um, so welcome to the show. We are super excited to have you. For those of our listeners who don't know who you are, you do a show on the network, which mm-hmm. is a Fallout show. Which is how do you how do you like to describe this? Um, I'd say like a radio drama podcast. Right, a radio drama podcast. The the Omega the the Omega, the Omega. project. 
the Omega <laughs> Project. Not the Omega Project. That, that's not how it works. Okay, so it's the Omega Broadcast. Broadcast. Yeah. My, my brain is just all over the place. Um, Omega Broadcast. What is yes. project? Is there something with a project in it? Never mind. Um, so welcome to the show. Uh, so just like all of our guests, we kick this off with the Robots Dozen Questions. And this is a quick fire dozen questions in order to kind of set the stage, get the juices flowing, kind of get, get everything going before we talk into more of the interview details. Are you ready? I reckon so. Let's okay, here, here we go. Number one, it starts out easy and gets harder as it goes, okay? All right. So number one, where is the Fountain of Youth? Um, <laughs> easy question. In my backyard. There In you your backyard? Yeah, there you go. Wow, that's impressive. Wow. We should, we yep. should report yep. this. Yep, come on over. Come on over. You are actually 300 years old. You'll never leave old. alive. <laughs> You're sucking out the, the life of everyone who visits your backyard and keeping yourself alive, and you are actually 300 years old. He's going to make awesome. Dave drink from the bird fountain, and he's going to die like the Nazi guy did in Indiana oh, Jones. Oh, no. And then he's going to say, you have chosen poorly. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. I have a few chalices for you to choose from as well. Oh, no. Choose, got- choose wisely. It's got really dark. Okay. Um, uh, question number two. This is an oldie but a goodie. I'm pulling it mm-hmm. back from a previous interview. What is your signature dance move? My signature dance move would probably be the lawnmower. Like, the, you know, the. <laughs> nice. It's always, that's always the go to, right? Like, classic. Or, or the shopping cart's a good one, too. So, but, yeah, yeah, they're very the similar. You're, in both cases, you're pushing something. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Pushing those boundaries. Question number three. Your ghoul teenager wants to date a super mutant. How do you react? Go for it. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Go for it. Hey, you know what? The cool teenager. Let's, yeah, let's... Uh, I mean, technically, say- they have no private parts, so, you know, it's all about the real love. Exactly. Just the, just mm-hmm. the connection. The, the, the love. Just yeah, the for- love. <laughs> I, I promise... <laughs> Grunt is a really nice guy, Dad. Um, He's bigger than me too, so I mean, like, it's like, what, what, you know? Can you say no? Go for it, man. Just go for it. (laughs) Question number four: Every person is born with the ability to choose where to grow a third arm. Where do you grow it? Ooh, from my side, my hip. From your hip, like down here. Yeah. Well, your right hip or your left hip? My right hip, Mm because. You know, guitar playing like that. Oh, let's do the left hip because left I can hip. have extra fingers on the neck, you know. like Oh, oh. Yeah. 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 You could do some, like, Eddie Van Halen stuff while also picking, at, you know, yes. like, like at the time. same time. Yeah. yeah. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah, you could do, like, rhythm and lead all simultaneously. That would be nuts. Also, that'd be, like, a good, like, quick draw gun arm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For if you're in the Old West. Mm-hmm. All right, question number five. Who put the bop in the bop shoe bop shoe bop? John Travolta. I, I, okay. Uh, number six. <laughs> You're tasked with renaming the United States a thousand years after the Great War. What do you name it? Oh, crap. That's a good one. Uh, freaking heck. That's the weird name. name yeah, yeah, go with that one. Go with freaking that. <laughs> freaking heck. Yeah, that's freaking heck. Welcome to freaking heck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number seven. What's the best melee weapon in Fallout, and why? Ooh, I'm not a melee build, so that's a tough question. Um, I like Grognak's axe though because mm. I like the whole comic feel, and then having like a nostalgic like memento thing. Of- Big old yeah. battle axe. And the it emote was, with it, you know? It's like yeah, you get your old emote and everything. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Grognax. So, yeah. yeah. Number eight. What's your favorite cryptid? My favorite cryptid is probably... Uh, I like Mothman. Let's, if that t- makes... Yeah, I like Mothman because I like the whole uh, Point Pleasant area and everything. So yeah, Mothman. Yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty popular. Yeah. Number nine. We're getting close to the end here. Pie or cake? I like pie. I like crust. You know the crust and pie. So. Mm. I'm a pie guy. Mm. I'm, I'm more of a cake guy. What do you guys think? Pie all day. 
Uh, a really well-baked cake, I, I don't think you can go wrong with. There's a good thing yeah. with like a moisture in the cake, but still, a yeah. pie. I like the crust yeah, pie. pie so. I can't see the warm fruit. It's just not appealing to me. But anyway, number 10. Pecan you, pie. Yeah, I don't like pecans. I knew, I knew that was coming, so I was going to say it. No, not pecans. Maple Ooh. bourbon pecan pie is to die for. Mm. Oh, God. Mm. Barf. All right, number 10. You must live your life as one of the characters in Back to the Future. Who do you pick? Let's go with... You know what? I'm just going to go with the popular opinion, Marty McFly. You'd be Marty? Yeah. Yeah. And Marty gets into a lot of trouble. He, gets, yeah. he has to duke it out with Biff all the time. Yeah, it's I get pretty, into trouble a lot, too. All right. Like all right. Really? Nobody wants to be Doc? He just looks pretty cool, too. Step outside in 2020 and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Great squad. I, was, I thought about yeah. saying Doc, but I don't know, man. I, I, I like Marty. Marty's, Marty's a go-to. So. All right. Number 11. Wake up early or stay up late? I'm a late owl. Yeah, I'm, I'm a night owl, so I stay up late all the time. Awesome. And number 12, final question. What number am I thinking of right now? Three. Trick question. Orange. And we have your results. Your results for your goats. This is secretly not a secret a goat test and it says here let me put everything into the system looks here that you unofficial official uh secretly not secret i forgot to mention that at the beginning of the show by the way i have to go back and do that uh it says here that you are going to be a plastic surgeon congratulations hey wow hey i can do that yeah, you can do that already. Yeah, forks and some plates and whatever else has plastic. And that third arm. Yeah, <laughs> gotta add that third arm. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I like to. I like to mess around with plastic stuff. So, <laughs> plastic things like forks. Yeah, and yeah. glasses. <laughs> whatever else you get plastic from. <laughs> Red cu- solo cups. I felt like getting literal there. So. <laughs> So, welcome again to <laughs> the Fallout Hub, the unofficial official podcast of the Fallout TV show and Fallout 76 and everything else Fallout. And uh, we have... Oh, yeah, that's a TV show. Yeah, remember? remember, remember I'm grabbing this years before the show actually years. comes out so that when people are going back and listening to shows, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, I found a Fallout podcast about the TV show years ahead of time. Yeah, we're, we're, we're squatting in that space, my friend. You're so already there. Oh yes. Wow. So, so uh, Bear Cycle Brian, we're gonna we're gonna interview you. We're gonna ask you some questions about about. Um, I I want to learn more about uh, creating your show and those kinds of things. But first, I would love to hear about your getting into Fallout. Like, when did you start playing Fallout? What was your entry into the series? How did that start? So um, I had a PlayStation Three, and then Fallout Three came out, and I was like, this game. It's freaking awesome, and uh, it just yeah, that's the one that catch. I think that one captured a lot of people that didn't, because I never had strong enough PCs to run games growing up. So mm-hmm. Fallout One and Two, I never really had the chance to play, but uh, Fallout Three definitely got me into the magic of this universe. So yeah, yeah. Did yeah. you pick it up on release? Was it something like a friend had recommended or? How long ago was that when it came that out? That was like thirteen years ago or something. Yeah, yeah. We, de- we determined that it was like 13 years ago. Yeah, I can't remember. It wasn't on release. I just remember, I think, going into... I like I played um, Oblivion and stuff like that when it came out with the 360. So I loved that. And so I knew Bethesda was making this. I was like, oh, let's check it out. And um, role-play games are always my favorite go-to games. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Fallout 3, when I don't think it was released. I think I ended up going like GameStop or Walmart or something like that and picking it up. And taking it home and... I don't know the whole picking your special and thing as a kid that whole scenario when your dad's talking to you in the crib like that was just it just it hooked me from that moment on and then when you walk out and Megaton's over there and like just the whole I was just amazing so yeah Who doesn't do you want remember Liam Neeson as a dad <laughs> that's right that's right Liam Neeson was the dad that's so cool like the alpha and the omega the beginning I, and the end I had to find him he didn't have to find me <laughs> it is kind of reverse, huh? Yeah, yeah. He keeps losing his kids. You think he'd like figure out how to not lose them again? <laughs> um, do you remember much from that first playthrough? Like you're talking about 
doing your special? Do you remember, like, did you go in yeah. a certain direction? How did that? How did that go? Okay, so I didn't understand a lot about it, like special and like builds and like I even think builds were important then, but they weren't important at the same time. But not the same I, way that they they work in something like Fallout seventy six. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I remember, um, I think I started the game over like three or four times because. I don't know. I just remember going out and like, oh, I made that decision because mm-hmm. all decisions are like vital. And so I went back in and started over and yeah, did all that ever again. Um, I, I do remember it took me a few starts to get really going. And then once I got going, um, but at the same time in video games, like in a game like this, decisions had me on the edge of my seat. It's like, what am I going to do? Do I want to blow up Megaton or do I want, and I want a suite like in 10 penny tower? Or do I want to have the house in Megaton and like put the, you know, all that health. And it's like, what do I do? What? Do I do? Yeah. I remember yeah. those moments. So, yeah. Well, it, I guess that makes sense from a personality standpoint because you are, a, you're a writer obviously. And you, you write a podcast, which is a audio drama. Um, so focusing on characters and story decisions and things like that, it seems like something that resonated with you at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Would you would you say that that's the case? That maybe maybe this was formative in some ways into things that you would do in the future? Yeah, I could I could see that because um, what late high school when it came out, and so creative writing and history are my two favorite subjects in school. Mm-hmm. And so I could see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're gonna thumbs right up. on, right yeah, on. we're all fans of things like history and geography, and you know mm-hmm. how you know how things play out in different locations. I, I find the story of those things very interesting, and yes. all of us do. Yes. Um, yeah. So, d- was <laughs> was being in the wasteland in a post-apocalyptic America in the uh, nation's capital? Did that resonate with some of the things you were learning in high school at the time? I, I would imagine you'd, you'd been taking American history within the last yeah. few years, those kinds of things. Yeah, like, um, so being able to see, like, the historical, like, buildings, like, the, like Washington Monument, like, that whole mall area, and mm-hmm. then, like, the Capitol building and everything, like, being able to see that and being a history, kind of not, I'm not, like, the greatest history, but I love history. So, like, seeing, I don't know it's kind of like a prideful thing in it as well like oh you know i've, I've been there i was there when i was like i went there when a kid like oh, i saw this stuff but it's in a game you know yeah and, uh, yeah i was gonna ask that because you live uh a significant distance from dc mm-hmm. um, yes do you mind sharing where you live because i think that might resonate with some of our listeners yeah so i live in northeast mississippi um i live about 45 minutes from where elvis presley was so nice, nice. Nice. That's a that's a good uh, distinction. I live about I don't know what hours, uh, several hours away from where's, where Elvis Presley was born. So it's not as good description for where I live. Um, but yeah, so you're you're living in the American South. You know, I think that that's probably in some way like Dave's in West Virginia, right? Like that's technically the South, but it's kind of the northernmost part. Appalachian is it even it's south? It's very decidedly north, Tom. Come on, it's north. The whole it's north. But the accents, Virginia. the accents are very south. Culturally, you've got kind of this rural thing going on, right? Midwest. It's, right? It's, I'm more south. I'm kind of a bad example because I'm from Virginia, which you know is radically different from West Virginia. Uh, but there's there's a lot of midwestern. <laughs> you guys got yeah. flying cars and gingerbread houses over there. Yeah, right. <laughs> Is it more midwestern? Yeah, I don't know. You'd be surprised. You'd, you'd really be surprised at the amount of like uh, in, like, uh, and I mean, you go to backwards of like I don't mean to get off on a tangent, but you go to the backwoods no, of no, like, Indiana fine. and Illinois and, and Ohio, and I mean, you're going to get some some draw to it, but it's a little bit different. Um, and, and coming coming up when I first moved up here, they were like, "Where the hell are you from?" they were it's weird and then you go up to like morgantown wheeling and that's more of the pittsburgh and there's a lot of like yins that's what they say instead of y'all yeah 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 Yeah, okay so it's interesting we're all from different places you know down in florida if you live in a city area it's very metropolitan it's very mm-hmm. diverse, but you drive an hour in any direction, and all of a sudden you're in the deep south. It's it's just like one or the other. Um, so yeah, it's I, it's kind of interesting to see. Uh, and you grew up in that area, right? You, yeah, yeah. I was born and raised here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the Mississippi is very much um, rural. 
throughout the whole area. Like our largest city, I guess, would be Jackson. And Jackson's more metropolitan, so then there's some parts in there that are different. But um, then you go to the coast; it's a bit different too, because that coasty life is a lot different. But um, yeah. yeah, I'm right up. I'm right up on the Tennessee-Alabama state line. So, uh-huh. good old boys up here, you know. Yeah, so. good, good old boys, you know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's interesting because we haven't really had a fallout in the South. Not an official fallout, right? We've had like northeastern locations, we've had western locations, but nothing mm-hmm. really in the South. So. It's kind of neat to look at different people's experiences. So many of the people we talked to, I've talked with on on my shows, have lived in locations where there have been fallouts, and I think that's really cool to be like, oh, this is in my backyard. But then there's right. also the experience of like, I visited that place, but I didn't, I didn't grow up there, so right. it still feels right. it. You know, it's still part of America, but it feels distant. You know, and I, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, like I can see that. Like we, um, the my wife and I talk about like we love to travel a lot and um of course she's not as into it as i am but like my two places i want to go are the Greenbrier and i want to go to the mothman museum so it's like uh-huh. she's like oh, okay as long as we get to travel <laughs> that's <fun>. so, <laughs> she's not into that stuff what <laughs> yeah she um she likes it because i like it she's the supporter of me so that's a good thing. Um, and she casts yeah. she's actually a voice of one of the characters in the show so i mean oh, she must awesome. love me enough to do that if you want to take a trip and you need like something to like entice your wife up here, I help friends all the time that are traveling. Nice. So if she's like into, oh, I want to go to like these, you know, frou frou, like rustic shops. Yeah, we got that. We got that in spades. We can like roll out all the wonderful hippy dippy stuff. Or if you're awesome. looking for dolphin art, come down my way. <laughs> <laughs> it's- funny tom can show you the best airbrush t-shirts this side airbrush t-shirts with dolphins we got them we got them if you want a caricature that doesn't look anything like you and that you're going to put in a drawer and completely forget about he's got that too yeah we got those we got a lot of that in florida that's funny yep that's funny yeah (laughs) so let's let's uh journey down your path a little bit so you played fall three did you pick up new vegas was that the next one on your your so um yeah new vegas i saw the trailer on youtube and uh i heard um um i just you know everything you saw the ranger armor and everything from like the sniper coming from the vegas strip i was like all right let's go get this game so i got it and I, i loved it like straight out of the gate um i liked the different dynamic of not coming out of a vault that mm. even though I whole I like the concept of emerging and seeing like the world different from what you knew or what you never knew. But um, I like that whole concept of not coming out of a vault and then how you can see the Vegas strip from where you're at, but you're not getting there. <laughs> you know, yeah. you got to go all over. Yeah. Yeah. New Vegas is one of my favorites because the there's un, it's, such a juxtaposition from dc where you have a metropolitan area where you could just kind of walk five feet and you're in some place or a building you have to really go to the outsides to find some real landscape new vegas was so different because the the landscape is so forlorn and lonely and empty and you've got johnny guitar playing in one ear and the sunsets (laughs) and um it felt like such a real wasteland where you you have to hunt for a building or a town. Like, it's not just all right there condensed for you. Yeah, it was cool because, I mean, in a sense, it can be a guided story if you follow south and then go the strip on the side. But you can, that's what I love about Bethesda, how even though things are guided, um, you make your own choice. Of course, that wasn't Bethesda, but still, it's the same kind of concept. And then I remember, though, like, okay, there's the Vegas Strip. I'm just going to head up there. And then Death Claws came out of nowhere and killed me. <laughs> yes. I'm like, okay, let's try it again. So I snuck and didn't uh-huh. work. And I was like, all right, let's just go the other way. But I like stumbling upon the uh, the Bonnie and Clyde type car. The robot tells the story in that Vicky museum. Advance. Yeah, and it was so... Uh, just walking in there reprogramming the robot like everything you could do there then you're meeting the ncr and just you're getting more lore like thrown into your face that you don't realize and then it's just like all right i'm getting attached to the ncr here because i'm encountering them and then okay i'm encountering caesar's legion and then all these people like who do i choose like i said choices is like like what am i gonna do so who did you choose who did i choose yeah which way did you go 
NCR. Yeah, I just like that. that I like that ranger. That ranger outfit. You know, I was just, <laughs> it was a that, fashion choice. It was. It was. <laughs> that duster was just like, oh yeah, this is awesome. But yeah, uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's a great design. Yeah, the great cons were cool too. I like that whole raider, the, mm-hmm. the their raider style and stuff, and then the powder gangers and stuff. Those were. I remember yeah, when were. the the mods came out to build settlements because that's like always like my huge thing. But like real time settler came out, and I remember I killed all the powder gangers in that penitentiary, and I built mm-hmm. like a settlement in that penitentiary. <laughs> oh, nice! Yeah, it was awesome. Nice. Yeah, that's a that's a classic location because it's one of the first places you really run into on the way out, south mm-hmm. uh, from the beginning of the game. Um, cool. Okay, so so that came out, and then a number of years later, Fallout Four. I'm assuming you picked that up. Yes, I, picked, that a bunch. Yeah, I pre-ordered that. Yeah. So you yeah, were into um, building. Did you? Was that like a main focus for you in four? Yeah. So um, when those mods came out, like uh, the real time settler and the um, I forgot what the other mod was called, but. Um, it came with quests and unlocking things. Um, and then when Todd Howard did the whole um, reveal of Fallout 4 and he said, we can build settlements. I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy it. Um, and <laughs> I bought it and it's like, go find your missing son. I was like, I'll do that in like two years. Let me build up all yeah, these <laughs> build settlements. He can wait. But I did. I, it took me forever to finish the main story because all I focused on was settlement building, you know, so. Nice. So, well, what do you have? Like some proud accomplishments that you? Yeah. So that's what got did. me into YouTube. Like doing my YouTube channel, the Bear Cycle Show, and uh, uh-huh. I started doing Fallout Four settlement tours when I would build settlements and stuff. So I've got like four or five on there that I did. What's, so. what's one of your favorites for our listeners? The like, Starlight, the Starlight Drive-in. Um, yeah. I made it like the central hub for the Minutemen, and I built like this huge uh, arena, like battle arena, on top of that little pond that's in there. And uh, I put um, like the Raider capture cages in there and all this stuff, and so you could go up. Mm-hmm. It, it looks really cool. It looks really cool. So nice. Now, that is the, the video still up? Should people mm-hmm. go look that up? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, we'll share we'll share links and stuff to your stuff yeah, uh, sweet. after when the show comes out. Um, yeah, go look that up. That sounds awesome. So uh, moving into Fallout seventy six, now you have all sorts of building, lots of building with all sorts of different people. What do you think in general about 76 and also the building and, and that kind of stuff? Okay, so when I saw the um, the release, the keynote kind of thing for 76, and there's not going to be any NPCs and stuff. All right, let's see how it goes. But I'm a Fallout fan, so I was like, we're going we're gonna to try it out. And uh, I played it. I, the classic line that everybody says, I've played since beta, you know. But mm-hmm. um, I did play it beta, and uh, I that was my whole thing was just building. You know, I wanted to find different places to build. And then everything was kind of like actual towns and things, which was kind of frustrating at first. But then people figured out ways to get closer and build into already built stuff. Um, but even from that, I was like, okay, we're coming out of the first time in 25 years and like yeah. we're some of the first people emerging I was like of course like I want to build settlement and so it's like and that's kind of what led to the idea of the podcast it's like okay let's build these this place we're rebuilding in Appalachia you know so um, yeah, and to Brian's credit he has uh, a skill that I do not possess his camps are the ones that he builds are a marvelous example of being able to build functional settlements that look like they were assembled from just garbage but like they look <laughs> they, that sounds no, like but, a backhanded compliment but it's not no, no it's no, not no. really there's an art form to it because <laughs> right right like to just pile a bunch of random stuff together with different building materials that don't match and have it look like visually appealing and elegant like it belongs in the fallout world like it was like a junk town kind of settlement he mm-hmm. can do that i've tried building like that i can't do it i'm too much yeah, of a perfectionist that's that's originally like I how overthink I it. Yeah, that's originally how I found uh, uh, found you, Brian, because I guess I was like one of the first people doing just like pure seventy six content coming out of mm-hmm. I think E three, and then like the, the YouTube like crowd and, and the the whole content creation this like Fallout family really didn't fully come together. There, there's a lot of still I guess old guardy uh, people still around, but this whole community and stuff was just getting started i remember yeah. finding a video of yours that uh it was like an inn 
Um, yeah, that's my very it, first one. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I remember uh, watching that. I was like, holy shit, look at this guy. He's like got this and in, in each room was like themed with a different thing. And it felt like a bed and breakfast that you would find in the Fallout games. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I was like. Okay, whenever there, I found out there was limits, like you couldn't. Like I was thinking of like building in downtown, like in Watoga, and like being able to use the building and stuff, which you can't do. Um, but when I found out there was limits, I was like, okay, let's find pre-built structures, and that's like that's always my concept. Like there are some amazing builds in the '76 community. Like people build UFOs, people build like all like pirate mm-hmm. ships. I've, I've seen tons of pirate ships. But um, there's like a very small niche of people build stuff that looks like. Bethesda put it in the game, like you stumbled across it, and yeah, uh, so I that's always that stuff, yeah. that's always my concept. And so, like, I was thinking of that. That was before the stash box. That was before the uh, Fallout first and stuff. It's like, okay, let's have a place for these people that are wandering through that don't want to fast travel to the camp, and it's like a rest, like place. So I built the a little rest the stop. Yeah, right. the breeze. And you kind of had to place them where people would, would, I guess, find them. I remember, yeah, just from even before, like vending machines changed everything because then it, it made a marker for people to fast travel to your camp and before it was just like i'm going to place it on this road and maybe sometimes somebody will stop by and it was always exciting when somebody did right it really it that i liked so when he said that um when todd said like every character will be a real person right the the of course i'm a bethesda fanboy i guess people call me but um in my head, I was thinking, of course, like they want us to rebuild, and so I was always thinking in the future, maybe they never did plan for NPCs to come. But I was thinking maybe in the future something like this will happen. But I like the concept. Like I came across a guy who set up on the side of the road, and all he did, like for three hours of gameplay, was he <laughs> sat there and he would like when he'd walk by in voice chat, he'd be like, "I've got stuff for sale," you know. So, so, so little turtles, awesome. yeah, so little turtles <laughs> for sale. But it felt real. Like, and, like I met people that I met people that played as NPCs, like that would pretend yeah, to be role quest play. givers and stuff. Yeah, it was just, it was awesome. Bold, it was bold penis. And you want some bold penis? <laughs> yeah, we got peaches. We got bold penis. Got got some peaches and bold penis. And baby <laughs> baby turtles. Peaches, Stan. Here we got the best peaches south of the I've I've met that guy. I've I've driven past him a number of times. Uh, he lives down here in Florida. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like uh, the building thing was like a, a big cornerstone. It, it also sounds like um, some of the emerging stories mm-hmm. from your playing of 76 have influenced uh, your your creative writing, your yeah. podcast, all of that stuff. How does, how does all of that stuff connect? Okay, so when um, Fallout 76 was released show off your stuff to your friends right you got to show off your creations um to where the only ability i had to show off any kind of role play or any kind of concept before was build my settlements and upload them on youtube and people could mm-hmm. see my fallout 4 settlements but um with the podcast you know I'd, I'd listened to ken's podcast you know the chad podcast and it was um inspiring because i would always google like I'd be driving to get groceries and like the best grocery store he- here is like 35 minutes away. So like 35 minute drive. So I'd put on podcasts and I saw so Google fallout podcast and think maybe there's like some sort of story or something. Right. And, uh, I came across, um, the Lorecast and I came across a bunch of podcasts and it's like, okay, so you listen to these and it was great mm-hmm. cause you're getting the, and then I came across shoddy cast, the whole uh, storytellers. Yeah. Yep. awesome you know and so yep try not to have accidents driving because i'm watching that at the same time driving <laughs> under. Uh, but uh but don't no like people don't do yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the fine. whole uh the whole concept of okay this is my character i've beat the main story i've beat the story that you know was written for me to beat and it's like what else is there to do now but tell my own story so i've got all this these these man hours built in this character and um, the things I've done, the settlement I built and stuff, it's like, what fun is it just to do it by myself? Like, let's let's kind of <laughs> hear the story that I have in my head, the backstory. So, I started writing a, a backstory and I, re- I wrote um, kind of a little thing and I sent it to Ken. He's like, maybe do it as a podcast. It's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> I was like, I'll try it out, and I did. And then um, it kind of started out very narrative. 
like focus like Ken's did like one like one view at the beginning and then I realized by nudging from Ken was like mm-hmm. you're gonna need more people so I was like okay so I started writing but the more I started writing more people in the more in depth and like captivating the stories got so that was too so yeah I'm sure it starts to branch out it's like a tree yes. you know all these yes. other things okay this character is related to this thing and this character and these things connect here and then they come back and combine over here yeah yeah. It becomes really more complicated. Uh, the bigger the cast and more complex your story is as it goes along. Like I did a mini so this past weekend and I recorded it and edited it together in like three and a half hours, whereas any of our normal full length productions take like a long time to put yes. together. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And like the cast like I've um the community is so awesome. Like a few of the cast members that are in Chad podcast do voices for some of my characters as well and then i've you know gotten other characters other people from all around but um everybody's if you communicate well like and that's like one of the things you say up front from this like people are pretty on board so okay you know every sunday i kind of want my in by at least monday like you get your mm-hmm. script on sunday night and so i can start editing but um i understand that whole editing like like you said the longer the scripts get the more in-depth they go and like i remember i sat down it was like eight o'clock at night for the last episode that came out and my wife's like you gonna come watch me i was like no i'm gonna edit this she's like okay well i was like it, should, it shouldn't be much longer i'll hang out with you and they're like next thing you know I, it's like 2 a.m it was four, four o'clock in the four? morning yeah oh my god and, uh, i got up and yeah. i walked out and i'm where's everybody you know and i walked to the bedroom yeah. and her and my son are like you know go oh crap yeah but um yeah. but that's something like that's when you know you love what you do like when you can get so caught up in it and the time just goes by right mm-hmm. yeah that's and flow so, uh, that's that's the whole state of flow in. just like you're just you're just doing the thing you're doing the thing you're doing the thing and the next thing you look up and hours have gone by yeah yes yeah but um but it is like the um i think i remember asking ken at the beginning like how how often do you release and he's like well because our episodes are so long apart from mini shows we release like I was like, oh, I don't think I could ever write something that long. And then when I finished mm-hmm. this last script and I edited, I had half of it edited because I didn't have all the, I was already at 25 minutes long. Oh crap. I, I still got like a four scenes to go in the script. And mm-hmm. then I got all my lines in it finished. It ended up being like a 45 minute episode. I was like, awesome. <laughs> I, I understand now. I get yeah. it now. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I, it can be hard unless you're doing like a really small story where it's just one or two characters. Mm-hmm. It becomes challenging when I write to feel like I've satisfactorily written an episode, like where you know that that everything came together well. There's a beginning and ending. Right. Everything resolved really well, and um, I find like a 50 minute episode works better than some of the shorter ones. Right. I, I'd never felt satisfied doing the smaller ones. Yeah. Well, there's like so one of the first ever audio drama I got into on podcast was the Black Tapes podcast. Yes. And, oh, uh, Black Tapes is good. Oh, so good. But I, 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 we listen to them all the time on, like, I'll start them over and, but I, like in my head, I thought the episodes were longer to 30 minute episodes. And, uh, but I'm like, surely they're longer than that. But they're not, they're just so captivating. You don't realize how short they are at the same time. But that's I, I I totally agree though too because like when I'm writing the narration or like when I'm writing the conversation between two characters, like I know where I want to get, but at the same time I don't want to like kind of start it and then just end there because you miss so much development in the characters, you miss so much emotion that's, in yep. what you're trying to say, and then also I have to go okay, well I can't go too far and too long in the singing conversation. Like the last episode, there's a whole, I'd say 15 minutes. Um, where it's just Bishop, the main antagonist, and Brian, the main protagonist, having a conversation. But it's um, it's so in-depth, I was like, I can't cut any of this because it's really building you to either love or hate the bad guy. You know, so it's, it's kind of mm-hmm. where I was at. Mm-hmm. There are moments, uh, like when you're when you're writing, where you get to a point where it's it's the small scenes where you feel like you're looking into the window of a world and it's two people in front of a campfire just having the kind of conversation that friends would have right. or like in our show when chad is telling Susie a bedtime story i love writing those scenes and they're so simple yet they're so satisfying right 
yeah it's it's you can get immersed in it especially when you love it like when you've i feel like i know these characters and like only three of them exist in game because i created them quite right and mm-hmm. so but um and i've created their builds and things like that but i feel like i am these characters and that's kind of why like so like my main character brian obviously i voice him but my main antagonist bishop i voice him as well because i like that dynamic that whole i am myself so i'm, I'm yeah yeah like pitting. like me and betty bot what are you yeah. talking about yeah okay <laughs> exactly. so we're not really the same person of course but I'm, not. I'm, wait I'm a pitting. second Tom. wait a second hold up <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> revelation station i'm just there, a chip huh? plugged into his head well, yeah, so Betty Butt. But yeah, I'm pitting <laughs> the best part of myself against the worst part of myself. Do you know what I'm saying? So like I can pull yeah. out I, I pull out like who I wanna be and then I can pull out who I don't want to be and then I can write that character. Yeah. So yeah. That's an interesting duality uh from a psychology standpoint. Like uh there are aspects of some of our characters that are very much me. Um so it's kind of fun to write those in. Even mm-hmm. though they're parts of yourself that that are the, they're quiet and inside and may not be evident. It's these sarcastic voices or these inner monologues that you have that you can right. pour into a character and make real in the world. So they kind yes. of speak stuff that you wouldn't normally say, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Brian or yeah. yeah, yeah, it definitely. And Brian's the like the the confident guy that I feel like I can be sometimes, but the positive guy that I know I am, and always full of like optimism and then bishop is the to where i could take everything i believe and really bastardize everything and make it like evil kind of turn it on its head yeah 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 Yeah. it's it's cool when you can totally understand the justification for the villain Hmm. or or uh, an antagonist um, because that makes them feel real you know because the antagonist is the hero in their own story Mm -hmm. but they're of course he he has completely against he has the reason he believes what he believes right like Yeah. Um, and so, if if a if a story can make you feel some sort of connection to that character, to where it's not just like I completely hate that person, then you're like, okay, like take Walking Dead for instance, mm-hmm. Negan. Mm-hmm. Negan's to me one of my favorite villains in the whole Walking Dead series because of the fact that I utterly hated him, but I loved him at the same time. Now Jeffrey Dean Morgan's an awesome actor, so that's part of the reason I love. Him. Sure. But um, but that whole dynamic of who Negan was, where it's like. He actually does want to help people and he loves like the people but at the same time he lost his wife he named his baseball bat after his wife and so he has this weird obsession with protecting mm-hmm. you know and just but then on the opposite end you got the governor in season two and three who you literally want to die from the beginning like you hate his guts you have no connection to him whatsoever you know and that's not what i want i want to develop mm-hmm. these characters to where people love them you know like people feel for them whenever they like if he was to die to kill them up, you know so right right yeah 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 a, a solid justification is is very important for a, for a villain um to uh for anybody who hasn't checked out your show can you give a kind of a synopsis like uh, obviously you don't want to spoil anything but yeah. what is what what is your show like and how does it stand out from any of the other uh you know fallout content out there what would okay. you, what would you say um so the Omega broadcast takes place 26 years after, and Brian Burton is a he is a young man who got in a place in Vault 76 that a lot of people get because he was only 10 years old, and the majority of people in Vault 76 were the best of the best, right? Like the top of them. Um, and so he emerges from the vault 26 years after so he'd be what 36 years old and mm-hmm. or 35 when he emerged from the vault but this is a whole year after uh, you, you find the inoculation and um his whole concept and mindset was i want to rebuild you know i knew the world as a kid and i'm going into this world with a whole new mindset and so he goes in and wants to build a settlement and that's the whole concept of naming it omega because it's the last place at the end of the world you know and uh, mm-hmm. and so he builds he builds omega and wants to just have a place for people to reestablish kind of a more like how i don't know if anybody's beat wastelanders yet so i don't want to spoil his way but um the overseer her whole concept you know we can rebuild society 
as you know use the gold right. all that stuff and it's kind of along that mindset he has that mindset but at the same time he understands the reality of the world he's in now um the it's adapting one so he's never going to live in a world there's no mutants there's no like the scorpions mm-hmm. aren't this big they're the size of a car now you know <laughs> right and so right. He, he's understanding that and so it's like how do i rebuild and establish but also um adapting to the culture now you know and so he he establishes this settlement and um hacks into a radio broadcast finds the radio and starts to just put himself out there and then not too many spoilers but he um in the midst of him broadcasting comes across some things that his he thought his parents to be dead his mom to be dead because she gave up her place in bought 76 for him and he comes across some hollow tapes that he sees that were left six years after his fell so obviously to him his mom maybe she's out there somewhere and so his mm-hmm. mission at the moment is okay let's try to find my mom and so while he's rebuilding this settlement and meeting all these people he's also trying to find his mom so nice nice yeah and the tone is uh it's very well produced um, there's there's a lot of ambient sounds. Uh, the dialogue is very interesting. Um, it starts out uh, the, you'll you'll start on the first episode. Hopefully, I recommend start at the beginning, and um, it's it's got this very somber kind of gravitas to it. It has a lot of like, it, you know, it feels like it's being recorded at nighttime, even if it isn't. Yeah. You know, like that kind of yeah. thing, um, which I, I really enjoy that kind of mood and, and setting. Uh, and then of course it, it grows from there. So. Yeah. Um, so very, very cool. Uh, I think we're hitting kind of the end of the episode. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we get going? Um, no, we've got um, episode um, is done, the script-wise, and so the cast are getting their into me, and so that should be out within the next week or two, um, and it'll be another long episode, but um, it's going to mm-hmm. be a pretty action-packed and action-filled episode, so that's exciting. So to that. Um, there is one thing. In the last episode... Um, I commissioned a song from my cousin who's an amazing singer song. It was called it's, it's called Where so You Belong. Good. It's amazing. It's really, really good. And he um uh, you guys can post the link if you want to. It's on iTunes now, so he put it out there for anybody that oh, wants nice. to just listen to the song. Um yeah. but I wanted a lullaby to kind of fit the atmosphere and the dynamic of the show that Brian's mom would have sang to him when he was young and that he holds on to forever. And it becomes a very pivotal in that last episode and so it's it's out now so it's um his name's isaac wingo and the song is where you belong so if you guys want to try and find that it's it's really really cool so very very cool awesome yeah go go check out the show i think you guys will enjoy it um how can people get a hold of you if they want to just reach out and kind of talk about fallout stuff and making podcasts and those kinds of things yeah so i'm on twitter it's um the omega broadcast on twitter um I'm on Instagram. It's the Bear Cycle Show on Instagram, and on YouTube, it's the Bear Cycle Show as well. So, mm-hmm. awesome, awesome. Well, thanks for joining us again. Um, yeah. it's it's always it's always nice talking to you. Um, I'm I'm I've been excited that you've been on the network for a while, but yeah. you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people who haven't. You know, they've been binging certain podcasts and haven't had a chance to check out a new other podcasts. So, um, it's kind of nice to, you know, just get you out there and, and see if more people will, you know, latch on, give your give your show a listen. Um, yeah, other, if you want, we can. Guys? Uh, we can add uh, episode one after this in the podcast feed um, with a link to your show. If you want to give people a taste, yeah, um, sweet. Yeah, I think uh, I know when I added it to the Chad feed, it, there was like fourteen hundred people who listened through it to the end, which is awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. So, so I can put the first episode on if you want. Cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay, that'd be really really cool. Cool. We can. Ken, make that <laughs> magic happen the magic of fallout, dun, dun, magic dun. Of fallout. so uh guys do you have anything else you want to say before we wrap it up can you got anything else going on he should explain what the bear cycle show is yeah huh. yeah okay yeah. cool um so the bear cycle show is tube channel um I didn't really like the ma- the name has no meaning whatsoever, other than the fact <laughs> people that people ask me that all the time. They're like, "What the heck is Brian's channel?" I mean, I, I don't know. Well, Just a bear on a cycle. Um, so I have a side business, wife and I, graphic design. And so I was just messing around with like a cool design, and I had a bear on a bicycle. I was like, <laughs> "I like the way this looks." I was like, "How can I make this work?" And so I I used my show used to be called Breezy Gamer Dad. And uh, I was in town, and so I got a lot of high school kids because I sub at schools as well. 
And uh, I was in town when I was like, Bruiser Gamer Dad, what's up? I kind of want people to be hollering, you know, <laughs> that at me, you know. Like, oh, what up, Breezy Gamer Dad? Yeah, I was like, what? So I changed it to uh, the Bear Cycle Show, and actually it was more video game <laughs> Bear focused. Cycle! Bear Cycle Dad! <laughs> it does happen sometimes. But um, That's awesome. Uh, like, it was more video game focused, so I was like, okay, all gaming, right? And then um, I started making cinema trailers um so i made a one that takes place um it's called drafted and so i had this idea of designing this machinima story of this guy who has an injury in baseball and so i was mixing mlb the show gameplay with gta uh gameplay footage like because you can do like mm-hmm. a rock star editor so i had that going i was like all right this takes too long i'm just gonna make it people just like it so i was like i'm not going into the <laughs> non-video machinima like just let people listen to what i'm trying to tell so much easier than making video stuff and then i made another one for uh red dead redemption 2 when it came out made like a short machinima trailer um but i was like most of my views and most of uh viewership and stuff is coming from my fallout stuff so i was like let's just be fallout geared and so i added the the vault behind the bear on the bicycle (laughs) maybe that'll capture people's attention Um, oh man but I plan on capture a Yao Guai and uh, stick it on a bicycle in the game. (laughs) I plan on doing it because I have a Twitch channel as well for the bear cycle show. And so when I live stream, it live streams on Twitch and YouTube. And so I plan on doing a, just like a side, not like probably like a monthly podcast where I'm going to feature community stuff from fallout, like on the Mm -hmm. bear cycle show, just kind of like host a little thing and just have different people within the community. Just kind of, just talk about why they love fallout kind of whole thing kind of like what you guys do but in like featuring just the less fallout news um maybe talk about some stuff and uh but at the same time just feature the community so that's awesome cool yeah cool yeah. awesome stuff yeah. uh ken anything else you wanted to talk about oh, sorry. before we wrap up dave you got anything else going on uh i i've done my questions brian has survived the gauntlet of questions that we've all had (laughs) yeah awesome awesome well you guys know how to get a hold of us you know where to reach out at the fallout hub uh you can come tune in regularly on tuesdays 5 p.m eastern 2 p.m pacific at twitch.tv slash the fallout hub and of course if you want to check out any of the other things that the you know the the three of us are doing then robotsradio.net there's the robots radio discord there's lots of places you can plug in and check out that stuff and uh i think that's about it for today's episode guys i think that's all we got going on Thanks for coming and joining us, Bear Cycle Brian. Yeah, I loved it, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's it's always cool hearing the stories behind things and, and all that stuff. So thanks so much for sharing. Um, you know all right, we, guys. You know who we missed? We missed today? We missed Danny DeVito. I wonder where he is. Oh, yeah, Danny DeVito. <laughs> what happened to him? Oh, oh Lord. Probably, oh. probably in the puppets now, you know. Or, you know I, yeah, that... They tell jokes. Danny DeVito sounds like and, a hobby, yeah. and Grandma Ken uh, reading, reading. <laughs> reading the next uh, Rage letters about Patch 22. I thought you established it was Fuzzy DeVito. Uh, it's, 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 yeah, I mean, it, I don't establish it. He just shows up. He just takes it over. He librarian at this point. Like, whatever's That's in the library, hilarious. just happens to be there. Dewey Decimal that shit and call it a day. <laughs> how it goes <laughs> awesome alright guys well until next time stay safe in the wasteland and we'll see you later see ya Bye. later see ya
testing. Uh, testing. Okay, I... I hope this thing works. I'm so grateful I was able to find that transmitter and... Get this radio up and running. I, I just hope the signal goes far enough for you. Whoever you are. Wherever you are. I just hope you can hear me. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And I was only 10 years old when that happened. I grew up in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, but... Ten years old isn't a lot of time to remember much of a life before, well, before all of this. See, mostly all I can remember is fishing down by the riverbank with my friends and taking those school field trips to the Mothman Museum. <laughs> or my personal favorite thing was collecting Grognak comics and the Silver Shroud hollow tapes. You know, I was able to find so many more now. I even have some of those hollow tapes I like to listen to when I go to sleep. My, my dad owned a comics bookstore in the heart of the town, and he never really got the really good comics. His store wasn't like the Hubris comic stores, but. Man, he really loved that store. And I don't know if it was trying to start a small business along with the pressure of losing his mining job to robots, but something really took a toll on his health. And man, did my dad hate robots. I remember he used to say, Son, the bots belong to the Red Menace. And his favorite thing to always say was, The only good robot is a scrapped robot. But sadly, he passed away just two weeks before Halloween. Yeah, I'll never forget that day. You see, I really wanted to be Grognak for Halloween. And we were supposed to take a trip over to the Valley Galleria Mall to buy me the costume, but... Sadly, I, I never made it to the mall. See, my dad had a heart attack that morning. And, and then I, I was sent off to live with my mom who was a professor at Vault Tech University in Morgantown. See, the day the bombs fell, which was only a few days after my dad's death, my mom, she gave up her spot in the vault to save my life. She sacrificed herself for me. But I'd be lying if I didn't say there was a small part of me that feels like she's out here somewhere. Watching me or maybe trying to find me. I, I, I don't know. She used to always tell me, Little Bear, one day you will build a better world. And... Now I can't help but think there was some sort of prophecy in her words. Because now more than ever, I understand the importance to rebuild and make this world better than it was before. Before I got on the bus headed to the vault that morning, sirens going off and chaos everywhere, my mom told me, no matter what, just do whatever the overseer says. 
And from the moment the vault doors close, that's, that's all I've done. I really didn't fit in down in that vault. You know, everyone there were either teachers and professors or the smartest students from Vault Tech University. There were even some politicians and members of the military inside there. If I can recall, there were some celebrities too. <laughs> and right smack in the middle of all of them, just a 10-year-old country kid. <laughs> Let me tell you, I've, I've seen and heard some pretty crazy stuff in that vault. And I remember people telling me to steer clear of this loudmouth girl and her tough-talking boyfriend. What were their names again? Ch- Chet. Ah, never mind. It, it doesn't matter. I need to stay on track with my story before my generators run out of gas. All right, so now cut 26 years later and, and I'm out of the vault back in the land I only knew as a kid. And for a whole year, the only other people around were people I had met in the vault. The overseer went missing. So many creatures and aggressive robots wanting to kill me all the time. And I discovered secret organizations and ex-military factions. Hell... I'm now a general in the United States Army somehow. I, I don't know how that works. I've even launched a nuclear missile to to help stop the spread of a, a crazy disease. I, see, I wanted to tell you a little bit about me so you can have a better understanding of what I'm doing out here. Since the vault doors open. I've tried to build suitable settlements and places for people to call home, but none of them ever worked out until right now. I believe I found the perfect place to build. I've got fortified cliffs as as a wall to protect us and just a, a, a great place for safety. See, I call this place Omega. I feel like it's a fitting name for a new home in the end of the world. It's not a very big settlement, but I've got the ability to get water and food and the hunting spots near here are always full of wild game like rad stags and rabbits and things. I even have a one bedroom trailer that I've marked the end for passers-by. And there's even a bar for you to relax from your travels across Appalachia. One of the things I'm proudest of is the small market that I was able to open with pretty much anything that you might need. Well, at least some stuff to help get you to where you're going. And if you're looking for a place to make your permanent home, got plenty of room for you to build. So, if you're able to receive this broadcast, then I've marked my location inside it. Just put it into your map and head this way. Oh, shit. My generators look like they're starting to run out of fuel, so I think this is going to have to be all for now. I don't know, maybe I'll be able to get one of those power plants up and running again so I can get some sort of consistent power to this radio broadcast and to the settlement. Well, until then, this is Brian Burton signing off. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega.
Have you ever wanted to deep dive into the lore and stories behind all your favorite Marvel movies? Then do we have the show for you. I'm Captain Shanko. And I'm Psych88. Join us as we dissect the media megalith that is the MCU. We'll talk about the origin stories, the fights, and everything in between. The MCU Lorecast releases on all major podcasting platforms on Mondays as part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club and can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.